Welcome to episode number six of the Bearded and Nerdy Podcast, your home for news and reviews for some of the biggest events in superhero culture. We're talking movies, TV shows, comics, conventions, you name it. I got it. I am your host, Michael Georgie, and I want to address a little something real quick. I know that I always say movies, TV shows, comics, and conventions uh, in my intro reel, but I've really only discussed movies, and my explanation is simple. With the release of Endgame, we are experiencing what is probably the biggest surge for superheroes in mainstream culture ever, in terms of popularity. So I'm trying to cover this whole thing from as many angles as possible. So once Endgame is released, there's probably going to be a lull. I don't see any other superhero-related event matching Endgame in popularity anytime soon, so it'll give me a bit of an opportunity to vary my content. I have some cool ideas cooking up for you guys, and I'm actually going to be attending Orlando Megacon, where there will be a lot of superhero action going on. So it's going to allow me to discuss my experience there. I do say conventions in there. I'm going to be discussing some cool comic book stuff. So just stay tuned for all that. Rest assured, it's not going to be just movies in the future. But right now, movies are pretty much the medium through which most of our superhero stuff is consumed right now. That being said, I'm going to discuss a movie today as well. Um, but let's go ahead and get into our segments. I like to discuss what I have been into this week, a la the Bana Brothers over or at tight, Total Titans Transformation Podcast. Again, if you have not listened to them, feel free to go check them out. Lots of cool nerdy fitness stuff. That's my jam. It might be some of your guys' jam too. You will not be disappointed. I listen every week and I'm never Never disappointed. So what I've been into this week has been, well, really haven't had a lot of time to be into much this week. Uh, I have been super, super busy. I am graduating in about two and a half weeks, so there's a lot of loose ends to tie up. So I'm really excited to be in the podcast chair in front of the microphone right now, bringing some of that to you guys because it's one of my favorite things to do. So I've just been looking forward to podcasting this week. As far as news goes since the last podcast, Endgame went on sale and exceeded first hour and first day records on both Adam and Fandango, which are two massive movie ticket buying outlets. And if that is not indicative of a really successful movie, I don't know what is. So we can rest assured that Endgame is probably going to make a lot of doll hairs. Uh, other, in other news, we got the Joker trailer. I think it's looking pretty cool. It's looking pretty grounded. Uh, while at the same time not looking, I would say, looking like a different breed of dark and grittiness that the DCEU is known for. And it's important to note that this is not a part of the DCEU, so I like the fact that no ties to continuity is going to allow the director and the producers to really spread their wings, see what they can do with this film without worrying about what they're going to do in the next movie or what came out in the movie before. So, again... I've been excited about this movie for a while, and this trailer only catalyzed that. So let's talk about what we're going to be talking about today. Today, I am reviewing Captain Marvel, uh, the MCU's most recent effort. And I don't see this one being too long, because in reality, I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. But 
I do believe that I this is an important movie to review. It is an MCU movie, and I would be doing everybody who listens to this a disservice by not reviewing it. I would be doing myself a disservice by not trying to be as consistent as I can with this podcast. So there's a couple reasons why I don't have a lot of things to say about it, and that's largely because I think it was just okay. Uh, not, not great, but certainly not bad. And when I was looking up the reviews for this film, because I like to see how my opinion stacks up against others, I like to see where I fit in in the climate, the reviews were a lot more polarizing than I thought. A lot of people really, like, were enamored with it, and a lot of people seemed to really hate it, and I kind of fall in the middle. It was just okay. And most people I spoke to seemed to think pretty much the exact same thing. Um... You know, just okay. Some people I talked to loved it, but nobody I talked to like absolutely hated it. I a lot of people that I spoke to said that it was somewhere towards the bottom in their terms of their MC, of their favorite MCU films. But even a mediocre MCU film is better than a lot of a lot of other movies. So it's to be it's to be expected. So walking into the movie, I didn't really have that much of a relationship with Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel has appeared in a number of comic books that I've enjoyed growing up. I am I was vaguely familiar with her origin story going into it. Uh, I knew some of the key players in the game, like I you know I know who Marvel is, and I'm actually pretty familiar with Captain Marvel's publication history just because I'm fascinated by Shazam's publication history. And if you are interested in comics, you might know that they are actually kind of intertwined in a way. Uh, that's something I'd actually really enjoy discussing. Uh, later on down the road, but today I'm here to discuss my thoughts on the movie that I saw. So again, didn't have a lot of thoughts going into the movie, uh, not a lot to compare it to, no other character or story arcs for me to say, oh, well, they did this better in this comic arc, or I like Captain Marvel better in this story run, because again, really not all that familiar with the character. Again, you know, I'm familiar as a, as a comic book fan, but not necessarily as a Captain Marvel fan. So there's a couple things that I thought that the movie did just okay on. Um, and not going in there with a comic book, you know, with a familiar, familiarity with Captain Marvel actually allowed me to kind of look at it as objectively as a piece of art, which is kind of what I was able to do for Spider-Verse. So it is in many ways a really cool opportunity that I was, I was gifted when going in to see this movie. And there were things that I, I, I did enjoy and things that I thought were, were, were even less than okay. And there were actually elements of this movie that I liked more, the more I thought about them. So that was cool. But I think what's important with superhero movies, because they're so, they're so action oriented. They're not very subtle films. There's not a lot of little key things you got to look at. Not a lot of small details that you have to pay attention to. It's really meant to be consumed by uh, a, a larger audience, and you know, of all ages. So the first reaction you get to this movie is kind of an accurate representation of how you feel, in my opinion. I I could be wrong. It varies by person, but for me, that first reaction is probably the most honest reaction I'm going to give you. And walking out, I felt a little flat. So. Things I thought were really great. I really enjoyed Captain Marvel as a character. The MCU always does a really excellent job, I think, of creating likable characters. Just characters that you can 
you could have you could go out and have a beer with even even Thor I feel like you could have a pretty decent conversation with and Captain Marvel's no different I actually disagree with the sentiment that a lot of people have in that they think that Brie Larson's performance was kind of flat I think that she was actually really expressive her facial expressions for the most part were really really solid and I don't think that she was her her performance was any more flat than anybody else in this in the story i think that has a lot to do with what i consider to be subpar dialogue in this movie i think that's what kind of plagued the whole thing brie larson was just not given a lot to go off of and i think that the same thing is true for other characters you know samuel l jackson we all know him to be an incredible actor but even he in this movie wasn't wasn't stellar because he really wasn't given a lot. Samuel L. Jackson normally does really well when he's given really great material. So that's kind of like what I was comparing it to. It wasn't just Brie Larson. Even Samuel L. kind of suffered as a result of this subpar dialogue. But when you remove the dialogue, you saw some really expressive moments. You saw some really great action sequences, some really excellent, genuine expressions of enthusiasm when she was able to, like, break out of the Skrull's sort of, I would say, like, prison mechanisms. She They had her in, like, handcuffs of some sort that she was able to escape from, and there was this nice yes coming out of it that I thought was really, really excellent. She was a very funny character. A lot of the Marvel characters are, so we continued with that. So again, I thought Captain Marvel was really cool. I thought that Brie Larson had actually a really good performance. Going back to Samuel L., I thought that Nick Fury was a really interesting character in this because... You got to see how Nick Fury became familiar with the unknown, with the extraterrestrial. Because you can't imagine Nick Fury went into S.H.I.E.L.D. or went into government work knowing about all this. He had to figure out uh, he had to figure out that there were beings outside of the ones he was familiar with eventually. And I think that this movie acted as an excellent bridge for that. I think it's really important to develop Nick Fury as a character, especially before this era of the MCU ends. And this was a great opportunity to do that. Uh, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson have historically had really, really great character interaction. Even in Kong Skull Island, which I believe they were in together, if I can recall correctly, um, where... As I didn't really enjoy Samuel L.'s character in Kong Skull Island, the relationship between Brie Larson and Samuel L., they play off each other so, so well. And this was really evident in the uh, the bar interview scene. I think they were in a ponchos. But when they were interviewing each other, I thought that was an ex- excellent call and response. It was a very entertaining scene that didn't require any action. In fact, the, some of the best moments in, the, in this movie were... Um, were not action-based. I thought that Talos was an excellent character as well that didn't necessarily require a ton of action. The best moments from Talos, he was one of the Skrulls. The best moments from Talos were the conversational moments. There was a moment when they were in Maria Rambeau's house and Talos uh, had kind of revealed himself. He goes, here I am, uh, as without any deception. And uh, I believe it's... uh, Captain Marvel or 
Carol Danvers that goes and goes, what about your guy out there? And he's like, fair point, fair point. It was really, really funny. Uh, Mendelssohn was an excellent uh, player in the game, and that's actually something I didn't expect. Um, So we've discussed Captain Marvel, Nick Fury, going into the Kree. The Kree were interesting to me uh, because... While they had some excellent pivotal action moments, they made the movie pretty predictable. You knew from the get-go that the Kree were not good guys. Any, It's just like a trope in science fiction and action. Whenever there's any sort of supreme intelligence at play, the supreme intelligence is rarely ever a good guy. Ever. So when the Kree are submitting themselves to the supreme intelligence, and also they work immediately in, in combative to, Cap, to Captain Marvel from the get-go. You could tell they were hiding something. So you, it, there was this degree of predictability. You kind of knew from the get-go, oh, these guys are going to be bad. Um, but what I didn't necessarily expect was the role that the Skrulls played. The Skrulls were uh, interesting because I did go into there with a knowledge of the Skrulls. I went to the theater knowing who the Skrulls are. I'm a big Fantastic Four guy. And we know that the Skrulls are generally referred to as evil. They're not, they're not good dudes. This changes, you know, like later. I think in the 90s, they begin to shift them to a more morally ambiguous thing. But the Skrulls, traditionally, as we know them, are, are bad dudes. So when they revealed that they were not antagonists, but rather refugees, that was an interesting choice. Especially if, once again, you are familiar with the Skrulls from the get-go. And this, it was kind of like holding a, drinking a glass of clear liquid, expecting water, but getting vodka. Because immediately I wanted to say that I hated it. But going back to Talos, if I, if I had had my way going out of the theater saying, well, the scroll should have been villains from the get-go then we would have been robbed of some really excellent character moments. And that's one of the things I thought that the movie did really well is that, and this is one of those things that I liked the more I thought about it. The movie blurred the lines of war. So, so often in these superhero movies, there's a clear good and a clear bad. And obviously our heroes have flaws. We recognize that. But in war, things are different. This is real. In war, we understand that not everybody on either side has the best of intentions. And in this, we were initially given, it's the Kree versus the Skrulls, and the Skrulls invade planets, and they're bad guys. But when you realize that they're refugees, you understand that not everything is as it seems in war. And I think it humanizes, in a sense, this conflict. But... The Kree Skrull War of Swords is a very difficult thing for me to to kind of just view as peripheral to the main story. The Kree Skrull War is its own series of movies to me. It's just a such a dense dense story arc that I think is super super important to comic culture. So it's weird for me to kind of see it just kind of push to the background for the sake of a the development of a character, but. Again, this relationship between the Kree and the Skrull created some really awesome character moments, so I guess I can't really fault it. But again, you know, it's I'm precarious. I don't know how I would have rather had it. I just know that I was a little iffy on the way that it was all presented. Now, there may have been a few different reasons for this. Um, 
there's a chance that they are presenting more of this Kree Scroll War in later phases of the MCU. That wouldn't surprise me at all. That's an excellent essential plot to build off of and could last you presumably years of movies. The Kree Scroll War is a lot to unpack. But putting it at the backdrop of an origin story, to me, seems a little convoluted. And the story is confusing enough as is. That is another thing that I thought that the movie did not do necessarily well. Carol Danvers and Veers and Captain Marvel are essentially three different characters. And we're introduced to Veers, we become more familiar with Carol Danvers, and by the end we get Captain Marvel. And... The discovery of all these different identities proves to be confusing. Uh, we just, Duncan discussed this when him and I were talking about the movie, actually after we had just seen Shazam, oddly enough. He said that he doesn't really necessarily enjoy these amnesia concepts because they're often not handled well. And while the amnesia concept to me actually wasn't handled poorly, I thought it was handled just fine, I understood that Veer's is aware of this other life that she had prior to becoming Veers and then eventually going into full-blown Carol Danvers. But it was the development between these characters that I had issues. So we'll, so going from Veers to Carol Danvers, the flashback moments are key in this because they're the only semblance of the character to come that we have. And those flashback moments were just plagued with awful, awful dialogue. I mean, I cannot just... There were moments when watching that, watching those scenes that I couldn't... I couldn't even believe it. And it's not like this is the only time this has ever occurred in a movie. Aquaman had some terrible flashback scenes, too, uh, as uh, Duncan had discussed in our very first podcast. But when we are supposed to essentially see... Carol Danvers and Maria Rambeau meet for the first time, the emotional impact isn't there because there wasn't enough to build off of. Maria Rambeau is not a very well-developed character, and that's only because of the terrible flashback scenes. She actually had some really excellent acting moments, Maria Rambeau did. But they were tainted by this lackluster emotional like attempt at mo emotional impact because we didn't get enough of Carol Danvers before to really want to see her become herself. And when she finally approached her Maria Rambeau as Carol Danvers, you know, or some semblance of Carol Danvers, I didn't really feel anything because there was no development of Maria or Carol. We got Veers who is now becoming more aware of who she was. After that moment, things began to settle. You began to become more comfortable with Carol Danvers as the protagonist. We've now left behind Veers. I thought the relationship with like with little Monica Rambeau was cool. We might get a future Captain Marvel out of her, given that she was Monica Rambeau. Is a, is a Captain Marvel at one point. She did have her own comic, little comic appearances here and there. So it's cool that there was a bit of relationship between uh, Carol Danvers and Monica. And I thought that, again, Talos did an excellent job of aiding those scenes. But again, they were it, you were given a very, very weak jumping off point with that lackluster reveal of Carol Danvers, or at least kind of coming out as Carol Danvers. It was just kind of hard to feel anything there. 
the other and when Carol Danvers essentially becomes Captain Marvel, fully unlocks her true potential by defeating the Supreme Intelligence, that was also kind of a lackluster moment because the amount of power that it takes a character like that to develop, I feel like should take multiple movies. But it seemed to she seemed to go from from you know obviously pretty darn powerful Captain Marvel. Well you know, as we knew her throughout the film, was still very powerful. That's not a slight on her. But she went from, you know, we'll say to 100 to a million almost too quickly. It was almost really hard to process. And it didn't feel earned, not necessarily on her part, but the audience didn't feel like they had earned that development for Captain Marvel because there just wasn't enough development of each identity to warrant that progression. It's like going Super Saiyan 3 in a single episode of Dragon Ball Z. It doesn't make any sense. To me, at least. You know, again, this is a review, all pretty subjective, but that's my justification for really not necessarily enjoying the progression of that character. And that has a lot to do with the role that Captain Marvel plays in the MCU. I don't think that the movie was lackluster because of the movie, but more of the role that Captain Marvel is playing in the overarching thing. So the movie to me is about what a lot of superhero movies are about. Characters that are already possessed powers that are not as a, not necessarily learning, not necessarily like developing even more strength, but more about becoming a hero, turning that power into becoming a true hero in a sense. A lot of a lot of superhero movies are like this. Aquaman's like that. Arthur Curry already had his abilities prior to at the beginning of Aquaman. About the very end, he becomes the king of Atlantis. Thor is already able to yield uh, wield Mjolnir and summon lightning and essentially be the god of thunder, but didn't become a hero for for incredible amounts of movies. For like, it took like five movies for Thor to progress to the character that we see him as now. Same thing with Iron Man. Tony Stark is already capable of creating these suits through at the beginning of the MCU, but he doesn't become a hero until much later. I feel that to justify such an such a such a boost in power to essentially make Captain Marvel what might be stronger than Thor. Captain Marvel might be stronger than Thor as we see it. Probably is. It doesn't feel earned because I feel like it should take even more time. It should take movies upon movies of development to reach that level and it just didn't this is not a slight against the character is when you place i feel like it's a little unfair to the movie too because when you say this character is the key to defeating thanos that's essentially what is implied by nick fury pressing the little uh little pager then making captain marvel the an origin story right before endgame you can assume that Captain Marvel has to muster up the strength. I feel to defeat Thanos. I would even be okay with there being a Captain Marvel movie probably before Infinity War or, you know, a little bit anywhere in the MCU and then maybe giving us a second movie where she becomes a fully, more fully realized version of herself right before Endgame. Because again, for a character to become that powerful, the audience feels like they have to earn it. And we just... Uh, to me, I just feel like I didn't. But uh, like I said, I don't want to leave this on a bad note. I thought that the movie was overall 
pretty good. It's not like I hated myself while watching the movie. There are plenty of movies that I watch and just want to leave. This one, I was reasonably entertained, but it was actually even pretty well paced too. We didn't spend too much time in any one location. It may have been a little long, but the movie moves itself along pretty well. I really enjoyed Captain Marvel as a character. I like Nick Fury as a character in this movie. I like that this was kind of an origin story for him. I liked Talos. I liked Maria Rambeau. Uh, I liked little Monica. I uh, wasn't necessarily a big fan of the Kree, but that was probably the intention. Um, Marvel, you know, essentially Captain Marvel's mentor, and the reason Captain Marvel has the powers that she has, was very underdeveloped. We really wasn't weren't aware of where these powers came from, and that's an artistic move. I get that, but you know, a little lackluster. I overall, if I had to give this rating, you do have to give it a bearded and nerdy official rating. It probably will give you a good six and a half out of ten. Maybe 7 on a good day. Maybe if I wake up, get a little bit more sleep tomorrow, I will think it's a 7 out of 10. But as of as of now, it's about a 6.5. You know, not necessarily not one of my favorite Marvel releases, but in all in all, fine movie. Not terrible. There are movies that I have enjoyed less. So yeah, you know, I think that's where we're going to cap it today. Captain Marvel is just fine. And I'm okay with Captain Marvel being just fine. I don't think that takes away from the MCU at all. I think that Captain Marvel is a good character, and I'm excited to see Captain Marvel in maybe other things. This movie, this origin wasn't great. And this happens. This has happened to really great characters. That Really great characters have gotten relatively okay movies and then got better movies later. Doesn't take away from the value of the MCU and certainly does not make me less excited for Endgame. I could not be more excited for that. So yeah, I think that's where we're going to leave it. We're going to go ahead, sign off. Have a good rest of your day or evening, my friends. And remember to stay nerdy. And also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram. That is at bearded underscore and underscore nerdy to get more updates on the podcast and all of my other nerdy endeavors. Y'all take care. Peace.